we get to put on six to ten exhibitions a year. So if those were all monographic, that's six to ten artists. But we can invite a hundred more to participate through programs, whether those are lectures and talks or whether they're performances and poetry readings. It's a natural evolution of the way that artists are working, but it also speaks to our interest in expanding the amount of artists and thinkers that we get to work with each year. Hi, this is Libby. And this is Roberta. And this is Art Blog Radio. That was Amy Sadow speaking. Amy is the director of the Institute of Contemporary Art, also known as ICA, in Philadelphia. She came to the position in the fall of 2012 after working for 10 years as executive director of Visual Aids in New York, where she took that organization from a budget deficit to a robust budget four times what it had been. We want to ask you first about Visual Aids. So your work at Visual Aids was activist. Not only did you work wonders with the budget, but you curated and produced exhibits, commissioned artists, gave out grants, published catalogs. It's a lot. What, and that seemed like a mission. So what's your mission here at ICA? Um, I in, came to ICA because I believe in its mission and because I've been watching it for, oh, I feel like I've been watching it for as long as I've been looking at art institutions and museums uh, and trying to be here as often as I could coming down from New York. So the mission of the Institute of Contemporary Art is to is the belief that art is, can now I'm going to not be able to say my mission statement. <laughs> We're going to have to read that. Um, the Institute of Contemporary Art at the University of Pennsylvania believes in the power of art and artists to inform and inspire. The ICA is free for all to engage and connect with the art of our time. And that's in large type on the outside of our building. Is it necessary now? Is there an urgency that this work is seen? Um, is one of the deciding factors. Can you so, give an example of that? The show that's coming up in February, uh, that will open in February 2015, is the first survey of the work of the artist Barbara Cashton. And Barbara is an artist who's been working for possibly 60 years. She is most well known for her photographic work, but she's really... Uh, worked across from fiber arts to um, set design. So is she a she, local artist? She's, uh, she's not. She's in Chicago now. But the issues, I mean, it's interesting to see an artist who's been working for so long and in conversation with the kinds of themes that younger photographers and emerging photographers um, are engaged with, particularly abstraction and photography. So the question of who gets to be a contemporary artist and whether or not we can show a monographic survey that shows the ways in which work that was made 30, 40 years ago is also contemporary um, is one of the challenges of those exhibitions. Who's the audience for this work? Younger photographers and artists. Um, I think that our core audience is always artists. So those are both artists in the greater Philadelphia area, as well as those who travel to Philadelphia to see ICA. Um, we think of our audience as larger global culture seekers. But at the same time, ICA being admission free is working very hard to create exhibitions and programs that have, as our curatorial team talks about them, multiple entry place, entries into the works. So people from different backgrounds, whether or not you're completely comfortable with 
thinking about contemporary art and making those comparisons. Or if you're a newer viewer, we hope that our exhibitions provide you access. But at, at ICA, the idea that maybe the cumulative effect of paying $5 would limit your visits to once a season, when we think that the when we think of the institutions being free, we hope that people will also be able to feel a little more freedom with coming and going to ICA. Maybe you just want to drop in for 15 minutes as you're coming down Chestnut Street, or maybe you want to bring friends um, and spend the whole afternoon watching every single video, or maybe you want to break up those visits into <laughs> multiple <laughs> visits. Um. So has it had any effect, the free admission on your membership? It does, because it, it well, it obviously creates, and this is sort of true of museums um, across the country, which I'm glad to see that there's an increasing trend that they're admission-free. The, the, um, the impact for membership is there are less reasons than to become a member. Um, what membership then allows you? Um, entry to our curator-led exhibitions. So you see the work first, and you see it in conversation or with the tour directly with our curators, or in the case of this most recent exhibition, it was Kara Walker, our guest curator, who led our members through the tour. And does that work? For driving membership? Yeah. Membership is not the significant part of our income. More interested patrons who join our donor clubs um, certainly help underwrite our our work here. What's a donor club? So, uh, f uh, for uh, at, I think there are three different levels now at a thousand, twenty five hundred, and five thousand, and it's more behind the scenes, smaller group experiences, um, things that go beyond our museum as well. We were just in New York in the studio of painter-artist Nicole Eisman, whose exhibition we'll be bringing to Philadelphia in the fall. So that's a rare occasion, I think, to be able to see an artist at work and to be able to have conversation with them directly in a group of, say, 10 or 15 people. You have a lot of programming going on. Uh, your calendar is just loaded with all sorts of things. Um, is that about counting numbers of people coming in, or there's some other reason for this? Why, why is programming so big? I'm just wondering how you're thinking about it. It's certainly not an income um, idea for us because we're admission free, but uh, the, the opportunity or the, the opportunity to give viewers um, more reason to come to ICA is what we're interested in. And some people, you know, we have hardcore fans who come to every single one of our programs. Um, That's and then great. there's others who we obviously know that they have other, other interests, other obligations, and they're dropping in and out. But the opportunity, I think, not only to find something that you have already been interested in or to be willing, and this is my hope, to be willing and to be trusting in ICA that it is going to be interesting and worth your time to come and spend an hour or two hours with us around the artworks and the ideas with artists, with curators, with art historians and other thinkers that we are able to bring to Philadelphia. You know, we don't have an education department here at ICA. We have a program curator. And that program curator, who's currently Alex Klein, works as part of the programmatic team. She's curating exhibitions in the galleries, but she's also conceiving of rotating and changing opportunities to connect 
artists and audiences. We get to put on six to 10 exhibitions a year. So if those were all monographic, that's six to 10 artists. But we can invite 100 more to participate through programs, whether those are lectures and talks, or whether they're performances and poetry readings, opportunities for artists to present their work, not simply elucidate or talk about it in terms of a research, and also for other artists to talk about the ideas that are happening inside our gallery. So it, it's a natural, I think, um, evolution of the way that artists are working, but it also speaks to our interest in greatly uh, expanding the amount of artists and thinkers that we get to work with each year and that we get to bring to Philadelphia. How is it an expansion of how artists are working? How are artists working that makes you say that? Um, beyond, I think, just the interest in, um, or beyond artists working in many more mediums, the interest in research-based work uh, gives us more opportunities to talk about the background behind works, and artists are interested in presenting that either about their own artwork or about others. Artists themselves are the most interesting guides, not only to their own work, but to those of the other artists that they admire. And so the opportunity to have those people in conversation, if they're willing to do that publicly, um, and to really make a, the kind of environment, we can get into the, the same kinds of conversations that we have in artist studios, or the same kinds of conversations that artists have that are driving their work forward. They're willing to do that with an audience. What an incredible experience for us as viewers. So do you have some um, artists coming up who are going to be talking? Well, in the 50th anniversary exhibition that runs until August of this year, there are artists coming every week. Basically count on coming to ICA at 6.30 on any Wednesday and having some food and some great conversation and hopefully having um, you know nothing less than your world being changed with new ideas. But uh, we'll also be doing a lot of things on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, I'm particularly interested in having Susan Howe and David Grubbs come to present the poems with musical accompaniment. Um, uh, Susan had written a suite of poems in response to Paul Tex. So let's switch gears just for a minute and Talk about being a woman as a director of a major institution, an art institution. There aren't a lot of you. Mostly men tend to lead art institutions. And I'm just wondering if you talk to young up-and-coming curators, I'm sure you do, about the path to leadership in an institution. I think that I've been able to be a director at arts organizations and at museums because I've been mentored, and it happens that most of my mentors are extraordinary women. Um, that said, I think that the identities that I see in leaders in contemporary art nationally, if not globally, are not only um, homogenous in that they're in their gender, but also in their race. Um, are, are you saying they're old white guys? And young white guys, but... Um, <laughs> We, we all know this, the contemporary art world and the museum world, even if we include historic and encyclopedic museums, is pretty homogenous. This is a huge disappointment. I mean, this is a, it's a huge sin, really, because these are our shared cultural institutions. And the cultural institutions themselves have an opportunity um, to serve a wider society, um, and they have a responsibility uh, to promote public and the idea of the public 
for those of us at ICA is a, is a bigger part of why admission free means something. And I understand we're not, we're not delusional either. We know that just because you're free, it doesn't mean people are going to come. And as some people know, contemporary art is a pretty small tribe. I understand that as well. Um, I can't why, why pitch to a complete populist because it's difficult and because it's intellectual. And I don't, I don't want to be afraid of saying that the work that we're interested in is intellectual, that it's going to take some research, that it's, gonna, that it's worth the time. I mean, what is one of my curators quoting right now? What about making time, not just marking time? What about giving artwork, giving ideas time? Not, oh, I can run in and understand this in 30 seconds. I got the answer. Yay for me. This is not what we're looking for. Those of us who really care and are deeply passionate and who are comfortable and also excited about being made uncomfortable by contemporary art. Um, we, it's, it's, the, it's the ongoing relationship. And I think that like anything, it's like when you start to read poetry, when you start to listen to jazz, when you do anything that's not completely packaged and to be easily digested, you, you build. You build those relationships. And there's things that you'll see that you'll remember five years, 10 years, 15 years from now, and that you'll make relationships with. I don't know many other things in this world that I can count on that I'm going to have that experience with this whole life of mine. So, so it's not popular. It's not the way that, like, pop music, it's here. It's exciting this year, and next year we're on to the next one. It's interesting. I was just reading things. You know, I was thinking about Stuart Hall last night, and I was uh, thinking about what he was. You know, what is what's the black in black popular culture, and just the term popular culture, something that was much more in play perhaps twenty years ago in the art world. Um, we don't really talk about that anymore. Times are much more conservative now. Maybe things are just more stratified. I'm not sure. I think popular culture has taken the term has taken another turn. I think that maybe things are just so much more stratified and um, that has a lot to do with class. This is, has a different mission than being popular. How does it get its audience if its mission is not being popular? I guess it would be unfair to say that our mission is not to be popular. You know, I, I mean, our mission is to, I mean, isn't this your, your mission in life? is to be interesting, to be interested. Any, isn't it like kind of our duty in some ways? You know, I mean, really, it's, our, it's like our citizen's duty to be interested, to be paying attention, and to engage with and promote those things that are pleasurable, those things that are funny, those things that are witty, um, um, those things that are beautiful, the ideas and objects and experiences that help us understand beauty and understand power these are uh, i mean that's what art is and that's what we're trying to do and we're by saying that we are interested in showing the most urgent um, the most resonant work we're trying to make some of these decisions we're trying to sort out things that we really believe in and help present those to you so while you can disagree with our decisions that that, that is the most resonant or the most urgent know that that's where we're shooting for
let's talk about what you have in the galleries right now. Mm -hmm. You have some really urgent business <laughs> in the galleries in conjunction with your 50-year celebration. You've been around for 50 years, which is amazing. It's extraordinary. Um, so there's a Kara Walker show. She's one of the most urgent artists. Her mission is very to talk about all these things you've been talking about, mm -hmm. civic engagement. So we have three exhibitions that are up in ICA's galleries until August. Um, I'll start with the smallest one, but one that I think is extremely important, that's the open video call. Um, and that is something that I hope will be of interest to the artists and video makers that are listening uh, annually. ICA um, asks you, invites you to submit short videos, which are then selected by a jury, uh, not only of, of our curator, Kate Craxton, but other local and national um, cur curators and artists. Uh, there's a screening in October, and that then the selected videos are installed in our galleries, in our ramp space, and up for the February through August slot. And the exhibition you're speaking of that is, it's curated by Kara Walker. So there are no, none of Kara's own works there. It's part of a serial program that we have, uh, the Keith and Kathy Guest Curator Program, an opportunity for us to bring in outside voices to ICA. Kara's the third artist in this series. The first was Christian Markley, then Virgil Marty, working with the archives and collections of the Philadelphia Museum of Art. And Kara is our, our third, uh, and she has organized an exhibition titled Roughneck Constructivist, playing on a term out of hip hop, um, roughneck, R-U-F-F, -F, and Russian constructivism. So it includes 11 international artists uh, exploring ideas about architecture, space making, hip hop, and blackness. The exhibition on our second floor is really like 50 micro exhibitions that are all accruing. And that is called IC850, colon, pleasing artists and publics since 1963. While there are vitrines in the front of the gallery, uh, which will stay, everything else in the gallery is moving every two weeks. So we have invited, I believe, 56 artists and performers um, to present works rotating through the galleries in about every two weeks. After they're in the galleries, they're moving up to a salon-style wall. So if you come in July, you won't miss anything. You just wouldn't have seen it take over the full gallery. It'll be more, the, the, the salon wall is getting more and more filled. Each of the 50, 50 projects are connected thematically, um, some more directly than others, to a show that ICA had mounted in the past 50 years. So that's a lot of information for people to come in and grasp and understand. And um, if I were not a regular ICA mm -hmm. person, would I be flummoxed by it? Not if you read the wall text. And, and actually, I think that if we, if we simply, if I read you the wall text, I would have done a better job at explaining that. And I, you know, it's really, I don't know how to say this with more emphasis, but we at ICA work extremely hard on our wall text. It's, and I think that if you read it and you, and you think about it, and if you start reading the wall text in other museums or other galleries, you might see that ICA has a real love 
of writing, um, and also has an expectation that the, its readers, that its viewers, are pretty smart um, and pretty interested. And so without trying to put up a dissertation you know, in wall text, it really does help you orient to what you're going to experience, what you're going to see. Well, in the context of these 50 years and keeping in touch with your history, do you ever wish that ICA were a collecting institution? And no. is there anything you really <laughs> no. want to keep around? <laughs> well, I want to keep artists in this building all the time, both as participants and as viewers. I mean, it's, you know, as, as artists being shown and artists who are leading conversations and artists who are here learning and sharing. But no. Uh, the uh, collecting institutions taken are are extremely important. We're very very lucky here in Philadelphia to have such wonderful museums and such wonderful collections, but they take an enormous amount of resources, and ICA is free um, to explore and to put all of our resources and energies into the rotating programs, into what's happening right now and what is going to be happening next year or the next three years. And I think that's um, an important part of the whole ecology of institutions and artist-run spaces here in the greater Philadelphia area. Well, that was great. <laughs> I think we'll end on that note. Okay. Thank okay. you so much. We've been speaking with Amy Sadow at ICA in Philadelphia. Thanks, Amy. You're welcome. Thank Thanks you. so much for what you guys do, really. Art Blog Radio is brought to you by theartblog.org. Thanks to our sponsors, including the Knight Foundation. Also, we want to thank Peter Crimmins, who makes us sound good. He's our editor. And thanks to Eric Biondo for his music. You can download these podcasts at theartblog.org radio.